peace and welcome to the tailored healing collective podcast this is a space where we discuss everything sacred medicine motherhood healing practices across the globe and transformation above all it is my hope you take each story shared here and find empowerment in your own life for it is here that we educate the mind to liberate the soul i'm your host taylor Welcome to another episode of the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. Today's episode is called Unearthing Hidden Wisdom, Applying Secrets in the Real World. So today we're diving deep into the world of hidden esoteric wisdom and how we can learn to apply ancient secrets in our everyday lives. So sit back, open your mind, and let's embark on this new path about the deep esoteric secrets in the world. So to begin our exploration, let's first understand what we mean by hidden wisdom and why it's relevant in our modern world. Hidden wisdom encompasses ancient teachings, mystical insights, and age-old knowledge that's been passed down through generations. It's a treasure trove of wisdom just waiting to be discovered. Now, when I first started delving into these mysteries, I'm going to be honest, it was back connecting to that LSD experience again. And I no longer saw the world as just one thing. Suddenly, during that time, it became many things. I was able to send my mind beyond the current circumstances that it was in. Because you see, our reality is nothing but a projection of everything around us based off of what we would either like to experience or what we have experienced. It's just your brain picking up little pieces from other parts of your brain. And so obviously we have a time where somebody picked up on that and they went and studied the mind on a deeper level. And, you know, some of the greatest world philosophers that we know of on the general stage, like, you know, philosophy, like philosophy, haha, like Socrates or Plato, you know, reading the Odyssey or the Iliad, those push your mind to not just evaluate who you are right here and now but what you could be what you've been what you will do and this connects to science at the end of the day you know it is a very spiritual journey and I feel like in the spiritual community we don't talk enough about the science behind things anymore almost as if taking the observation part of it all is taking away from the spiritual and I honestly over the years I think that you are able to implement both and so I was really curious about what alchemy actually was it's a word that's used so often you know everybody has read Paolo Coelho and the alchemist I hope I said his name right and how Santiago the main character goes on this adventure where he's trying all these different things in his life and figuring out that things are like basically a process of trial and error and the journey is about continuing to go without hesitation so I want to read you some of this article that I found on the seven stages of spiritual alchemy and what it means spiritual alchemy is an ancient occult practice that seeks to liberate the soul from its attachment to matter So there are seven stages to 
this process and stage one is called calcination. Now the first stage of spiritual alchemy is known as the black stage. The color black represents chaos, that which is hidden and buried in the material of the unconscious. It also refers to the materia prima, which is the idea in occult scientists that all matter in the universe emerge from original primitive base. Now when I'm really going deep into thinking about the universe, I think about being born through my mother's womb. And of course, we have people have questioned over time, well, where did we come from before that? Were we just these souls floating, you know, in the ether somewhere? And then one day we just decided to take form inside of our mother's bodies. But this is where the whole scientific part comes in, because, again, you're combining both worlds because our physical bodies, that is just the material. But if we were ethereal before that happened, then all the cells all the little pieces that make our body is essentially nothing like you know in the movies when you see somebody like evaporate and you know they're in the distance and you're like oh they're just their bodies are just gone that's the way that i think that we come into this world um and why a lot of people don't have specific memories of their birth or getting here because eventually we moved from just a thought like creation like when you're manifesting something into the physical so hearing that the color black and chaos represents the first stage of alchemy makes complete sense because i believe in a in a part not maybe not in a whole but in chaos theory, which is the blending of all elements together in order to make something. And they actually had this really beautiful movie that Disney released called Elementals that I actually loved so much because it showed all the different elements living in harmony, even though they thought that they should not mix. And I know it's a very we are the world type thing, but no, seriously, because when you think about people as elements and them carrying different energies that oppose each other, we always look at that as a negative thing most of the time. And sometimes it does come out as very negative as we've seen. That's something we can't necessarily hide. But when we rewrite the program that maybe we all can live in harmony if only we know how to correctly meld the elements in order to make sure that each takes the part that it is meant to take in the world and that doesn't mean you're contained to being one way or doing one thing it just means that you are fully embracing that which you are so the next part we'll go into is about dissolution that's stage two of alchemy the second stage of alchemy involves dissolving the ashes in water. Water could be interpreted as a symbol for the unconscious, which contains the hidden parts of ourselves, which we are afraid and up until now have not been explored. But dissolution can be understood as a stage in which we free ourselves from the inauthentic and acquired sense of identity and chemistry. Listen to this. Dissolution refers to the dissolving of solid material, such as salt dissolved into water. It can be understood in Jungian terms as the dissolution of the ego. Since the dissolution stage takes water as its symbol, it's also associated with intense emotions, as water often symbolizes the reservoir of emotions we contain within. The dissolution stage involves the outlet of repressed emotions from traumatic events that we have pushed down in our psyche. It can be a very cathartic step as we free ourselves of past painful experiences. So imagine, this makes you look at us like, okay, we're not just human beings. We are actually like walking, living energy and material. And so I'm on this journey. I, this is such an overused word at this point, but I am on this journey with myself wondering, can I push myself to certain limits to become a certain person? And there is a part of me that has not yet dissolved my ego. And I should know better because I have experienced 
certain levels of ego death. I will not say completely. There are people who have completely shattered their ego altogether. I have not gotten to that stage yet, but I have experienced a little of it in my work with sacred medicines in the past. And to let go of everything you think is supposed to happen, every way it's supposed to happen, and the timing it's supposed to happen, you are allowing your mind to branch out and explore itself in the unknown which I think a lot of people have issues doing themselves at this point because the world is constantly telling you to contain yourself that the way that you are does not fit or check certain boxes and so you must mold yourself in this way in order to be this person but one thing that I think is beautiful about the human experience is that it can be shown in many different ways it's not just one way so to think about a little piece of salt dissolving into water it's like okay that's like merging my consciousness when the un- with the universe becoming one with it without almost like destroying a house kind of that's what it makes me think of like when you take a sledgehammer and you start hitting and destroying a house it's already falling down in order to build a new solid foundation you have to let go of every part of the program that makes that that And again, that's a really difficult thing. If a computer program is used to running the same way every single day, imagine when the glitch happens and then all of a sudden it has to rewire itself. This is what's going inside of your brain. I mean, I know most of you all have probably seen like Doctor Strange and at the beginning, the the ancient one was telling Doctor Strange that he could teach himself how to reprogram his body to heal itself. Most people don't believe in that. Like they really think it's just a movie. That it's not true, but we live in a society where they don't exactly say, hey, you don't need these companies. You can heal yourself. You can do this for yourself. Um, Because it's easier to believe in the power of something outside of yourself than within. So that that one definitely hits home. Uh, Stage three of the alchemical process is separation. In the separation stage, the pure essence is extracted from the rest of the mixture. As the first two stages were associated with fire and water, separation is related to the air element. In a spiritual sense, it can be understood as separation from one's habitual thought processes or emotional trigger responses in order to step back and distinguish our essence from our acquired personality. Separation is a very liberating stage where we can free ourselves of resentment towards ourselves and others. It's a kind of liberation from negative emotions, and by doing so, we become aware of our true feelings. The separation stage is kind of detachment from our old skin. And after the emptiness and suffering in the first stage of calcination, then the stage of dissolution where hidden emotions emerge, separation stage becomes a welcome relief as we experience the stillness of being separated from our inferior and inauthentic qualities. So it kind of reminds me, I mean, it goes hand in hand with what I just said a second ago um, from the second stage. I was taking a shower, I got out and I was looking at myself thinking about this weight loss transformation that I'm going through and as I I look at my hands, I'm looking at my face, just kind of observing like what would I like to see change? I remembered in my head that someone, um, a friend of mine who does a lot of spiritual work said that I should practice doing mirror work and immediately I'm like, I'm not going to look in the mirror, that's narcissistic. But that's just a program that I've run that if you spend too much time taking care of yourself, then you don't have time to care for everybody else. And that's been my problem like for years now that I am working on personally myself. And so I have to separate myself from this idea that this is what people who really care do. People who really care don't take the time to 
pay attention to their bodies, their body language, the way they carry themselves, their voice, how they project themselves. Instead, they rush, they just throw on whatever, they run out the door. And I would tell myself, oh, that's just capitalistic. That's come on, we're, we're all getting older now. We don't have to blame everything on money all the time because if we know money is energy, then it really just is a transition of one way of thinking to another. And whether it's right or wrong is completely dependent on your perception of the world. I always say there are only good and evil actions, but there is not a good or evil person because people are a collection of the experiences and then your perception of them challenges your mind to think, is this right or wrong? How do I feel about this personally? Do I take this into my everyday life and make it a part of it or do I keep myself separate from it? So stage four is called conjunction. Conjunction refers to the process of combining the elements from the previous three stages. In a sense, we see what still remains within us, which is of value, and then begin to combine these elements to form one's authentic self. After the first three stages of purification by fire, water, and air, our disparate elements are brought together under the earth element. We begin a process of embodiment as the spirit begins its process of materialization. We begin to feel unified in body and soul. We are still drawing together the different strands of our true self, and we are not yet finished. Polarities cease their conflict and come together, such as male and female, body and soul, spirit and matter. Harmony is achieved through different elements of our being. The attributes typically associated with the feminine, such as intuition and emotion, unify with those attributes conventionally associated with the masculine, such as intellect and logic. Sorry, let's stop for a second. <laughs> I'm feeling all of this deeply because my whole life I have felt like my masculine has fought against my feminine. I grew up in a two-parent household. My mom was remarried. She was not married to my biological dad. Um, she got remarried when I was about four years old. And she was a stay-at-home mom. My stepdad was a um, pharmaceutical sales representative. He had many jobs over the time, but always ones where he was in leadership roles a lot of the time and spent a lot of time public speaking and out of the house. And so... The dynamic that I saw growing up was that my mom was the caretaker and he was the rule, the rule maker, I guess, at the end of the day. And so as I got older, even before having children, the thing that I was always fighting was that I had to be the nurturer. I wasn't allowed to be the one who put my foot down, when to place logic over emotion. And I really didn't know that I could have a healthy balance of both. I feel like my entire life, people have been trying to encourage me. And that's just the way of life. It's not like anybody's out to get me. It's just life um, to be swayed one way or another. Like I, I either get to be the really soft person or I have to be the, the hard and disciplined person. But there's no happy flow between both. And I think that there can be. So allowing the three elements to come together, the dissolution to happen and the purification I think that, and I don't even say think, I've, I've physically seen it before. We allow something to be born and come forth when we do not put labels on it, when we don't put timing on it, and we allow things to form naturally as they are, no matter what the process. I know what my dreams are sitting here thinking about them, and I can't think of like a perfect plan. Like if I did this every single day, would this exact thing happen the exact way I picture it? And if so, am I willing to let go of that in order for it to happen? Meaning, can I spiritually and emotionally feel the feeling of it happening while 
physically still doing the things that I would do if I had them. And I've listened to enough law of attraction speeches over the years um, to know that it is a, a merging of the two, getting in tune with the self and then dissolving the part of the self that wants to be material so that it can become material. It's very, very interesting. Stage five, putrefaction and fermentation. Putrefication or fermentation is the fifth stage and describes the decay of one's old self and the rebirth of one's true self. The first four stages involve discarding our old and authentic self and drawing together the authentic elements within us. At this stage, however, we catch a glimpse of a more refined, authentic self. The stage can be linked to the rebirth of the phoenix from its own ashes. The process can be split into two, putrefication and spiritualization. Putrefication is the rotting away of our former selves as the superfluous is let go. Putrefication can be a difficult stage and can involve strong feelings or depression or despair as we fear losing our identity, which is associated with our old self. Now, this automatically took me, I'm a Harry Potter nerd, <laughs> and one of the movies, I actually watched them recently, um, was The Rise, was it The Rise of the Phoenix? See, I say I'm a Harry Potter fan and can't even think of the name of the movie. But I remember he was in Dumbledore's office and he was talking about the phoenix and he had the bird in his office. And Harry was just like mortified because the bird exploded from fire into a bunch of ashes. But slowly as he sat there when Dumbledore was like, wait, hold up, look. All of a sudden, the bird was hatched and reborn again and started its life over. And it's like, okay, if we can watch these movies and take these kinds of things in, why can't we understand that if we allow the I guess that would be a combustion stage to happen the explosion and dissolution of the old self in order to be reborn that it's okay I mean I think those are one of the greatest lessons that I've learned um, when I did have ego deaths before was that you have to let go of the old person in order to become a new one and this rebirth process will happen again and again I also have a Scorpio rising so it's like my entire appearance to the world is that which is constantly reborn and then teaching that process as well i can say for one that i am extremely afraid to watch certain versions of me die because i'm so attached to her i'm attached to being the nurturer i'm attached to never saying no i'm attached to thinking that i deserve less than i know i do because I've been taught and followed programs where it says that you can make yourself small and everything will be okay. If you shine too brightly, if you speak your truth, if you say what's on your mind, you might outshine everybody. And I don't mean that like in the sense where people cannot individually have their own lights, but I am afraid of shining my light. And that is something I'm working through. And I have to really get what I just read to you all which is that if I don't fully allow her to die how is the new one ever going to be reborn I'm not even giving her a chance there's a whole new soul or part of my soul that is waiting to emerge and become new but I am so holding on to this version that that is not her I can't allow the new one to be born I think another good example I want to give you all um 
movie recommendations too is the black swan that is one of my favorite movies with natalie portman where she is fighting the darker version of herself but the darker one is actually the one that shines and i think that's because she comes from the void she comes through the nothingness the darkness the the scary things about ourselves that other people will label as evil but they're really the i might actually watch that tonight now (laughs) is actually the part of us that is longing to be born again and that's where the darkness comes from because it's actually just light at the end of the day it's entrapped light that we're allowing to burst through because our bodies are combusting and we're letting something new come forth so that was a lot (laughs) moving on the next stage stage six is distillation the distillation stage is the stage where all impurities are removed and nothing is left but the essence and chemistry distillation involves boiling and condensation to separate components and is commonly used in desalination. A liquid is boiled until it evaporates as the steam condenses. The essence is liberated from the matter. It marks the point at which our essence becomes spiritualized. In other words, in spiritual alchemy, distillation is a metaphor for the actualization of one's spirit. In Jungian terminology, the stage also involves the assimilation of any shadow aspects into our true self. It is the distillation of one's true self and represents a step up in consciousness as our core identity is freed from any inferior elements. At this stage, the ego has ceased dominating behavior as we begin to hear the voice of our soul. It also marks the point at which the conscious and unconscious aspects of the self are brought into harmony. Hmm. Distillation. I'm rereading it because I, I like to get a a good mental picture about what they're saying. And automatically I'm thinking about like boiling essential oils and how when it's placed over heat and it's bubbling, the smell from the oil, the separation of the plant matter um, from the oil base that it is allows it to travel through the steam and emit the smell the fragrance that it has I think that's probably why people are into perfumes I'm getting back into perfumes again I never allowed myself to do that yet either but I see that my daughter loves it so I'm starting to love it and I'm calling in trying all new kinds of perfumes but what I'm trying to say with all that is you know they're different scents and they say that um, different scents read different on people because of their body chemistry so I can only imagine that when there are certain scents either whether they're essential oils or perfumes and they're made the combinations the all the different combinations it can make to allow other people to smell and take it in and hear or feel different memories when smelling things because you know some people smell some perfumes like yeah I don't like that and another one will be like oh it reminds me of grandma from you know the summer of whenever so the impurities being removed for me would also be releasing the things that like the extra grime the cleaning off all the extra old parts just to make sure everything's gone and it's prepared to fully transform that's what it sounds like to me so then we'll go into stage seven which is coagulation The final stage is coagulation, which describes the process of solidification where one's essential self becomes whole. 
Coagulation refers to the process by which a liquid, typically blood, solidifies. It occurs when we are cut in order to form a scab. In spiritual alchemy, coagulation involves the solidification of our true self and can be likened to healing from a wound as we free ourselves to be independent and complete. Coagulation involves the complete unification of polarity, spirit, matter, body, and soul, masculine and feminine, to form a single whole. In this final stage, one's higher self emerges and it can be likened to the point where the gold cools and solidifies. So this past week on my TikTok, I have been talking a lot about, not just about allowing um, an old part of yourself to die, but I was talking about kundalini energy. And when they teach you kundalini, they teach you posture, but they teach you that we all have cerebral spinal fluid that sits at the base of our spine. And mentally, you can channel to rise this coiling serpent, they call it a coiling serpent, at the bottom of your spine and then allow it to rise. And as you allow it to rise, your fluid is traveling through each and every energy center that you have in your body, balancing it and allowing it to flow like a spinning wheel. And so when wheels are in alignment, they can run easier. Our bodies are the vehicles and the vessels through which this spinal fluid is being run. So if everything is in alignment, new things can be birthed and created. And when they're created, it's like, okay, you're sitting up and everything is channeling all through your body till it gets to the crown. And when it gets to the crown, you have what? An idea. And you bring that idea into the material. So allowing those things to constantly happen in that process of coagulation is how I'm sure some of the greatest artists of our time have been able to transform deep experiences and make masterpieces. How scientists or mathematicians have been able to take very simple ideas and further explore deeper meaning rather than being satisfied with the answers that they're given. Every part of life, I believe, is extremely valuable and beautiful when you think about how we are the ultimate all-chemical process, the coal turned into a diamond. So transformation is not just about, oh, I'm just going to change the way I feel today and turn into a new person is a constant repetition of the dissolution of the ego. I know that's a lot of ends. But we are constantly allowing ourselves to be formed and molded into new versions of ourselves every single day. And when we let go of the timing of things, when they're going to happen, how they're going to happen, um, and also the memories of how things happened before we allow something new to come forth and be reborn again. So I say these are hidden secrets. I know that today's episode is called Applying These Hidden Secrets. It's because you have to think about the way that the typical human runs. And when I say typical, I mean what is projected into the average mind's field every single day. Because I know everybody's different, everybody's special and unique. Um, When we think about the curriculums that school systems are set up in, I won't say that things like projecting confidence into our children or into our everyday experiences aren't done, but we are usually only taught one way in life, and that's the way of our parents. We never tend to 
explore outside of our comfort zones but fortunately you know i know there are better teachers now these days who create bigger and more lifelike simulated experiences for children so that when they go out into the adult world they're not so shocked about everything that's going on i think that happened to a lot of kids in the 90s and 2000s because the ways of our parents are still deeply rooted in the past and history as we will be one day too and there has to be some form of progression in life in order to move forward and learn from these things so that we can create new stories. I mean, think about it. In the year 2000, this is hilarious too, because I was on this uh, TikTok live last night and I was probably one of the oldest ones there, <laughs> which I've never been in that situation before. But I realized that I have cultivated wisdom like this over time because I made a lot of mistakes growing up. But I won't even call them mistakes. I think they were just a part of my life. And now I get to freely talk about them because I no longer fear somebody laughing or saying, ha ha, you tried that. Like, and look what happened to you. Like, no, I learned. I don't regret a single moment of my life. Even the things that I'm not so proud to talk about all of the time, I don't, I regret none of it because I had the experience. I've experienced so much and still have so much more to. And so allowing myself to experience, you allowing yourself to experience every single part of life without trying to contain what you think should happen allows you to experience so much more, live so much longer, healthier, happier, more enjoyable experiences in life because you're not limiting yourself anymore. So the last thing I kind of wanted to get in today was the magic of doing rituals. And so rituals are nothing to me but repeated behavior done over and over again, sometimes in a sequential form to program the mind into doing certain things or behaviors. And so I've made my ritual over the past week to get up at 430 try to make one of the first things I think about is gratitude before I start fussing wondering where my money is and why I haven't done this yet and why I haven't done that yet it is to wake up with gratitude to look over at my children and my husband to look at the house that I live in am I exactly where I would love to be right now maybe not but I'm grateful for every single part of this because I can tell you five years ago I was sleeping on a recliner in my best friend's apartment with no real foundation, no partner, no children, no solidification into who I wanted to be. Now, there was nothing wrong with my life at the time. However, that was who I wanted to be in that moment. And now that I've allowed myself to look beyond what I think life is all about and allow myself to experience something new and different, now I can say I live very safely and humbly with my family somewhere where I can wake up every morning and don't have to worry about getting kicked out don't have to worry about everything falling apart and I know that should everything fall apart it will just be reborn again I've experienced so many death and rebirths and they get painful every time but the pain is only the transference of the energy from feeling like a bad experience to a good one I never got my my birth the way that I wanted to. I planned a water birth for both kids and did not get either one. But I will say they were significantly different because with my son, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear. There was a lot of not trusting myself, not trusting the people around me. And so it manifested into a not easy birth. Mind you, my son is healthy and glowing now but it didn't feel like that in the moment that made me a little more confident in my ability to birth a natural way the next time now I did end up in a hospital again which was not my original plan however 
I had a beautiful natural birth with my daughter. It was beautiful. She, I think I was in labor for maybe 12 hours, and it was, there was fear involved in that too, so let me not, I'm not fooling you guys. It was very difficult. My husband wasn't there. It was just me and my doula. Um, There's a lot that happened. You guys can go back to season one if you want to hear all about that, but her birth was so beautiful and I was able to say hey I did that I pushed forth this creation this idea I had this little girl I brought her forth from one realm to another look at what I can do and now you know when I see these things I say I want to achieve now I'm like if you can carry a life inside of you for nine plus months what makes you think you can't do other things and me, I'll stay attached to the old version. Like, oh, yeah, I can't do that, though, because, you know, I never did it before. And I've never seen a YouTube video of anyone doing it before. And I don't know. And, you know, when I said it to my friend, she wasn't so sure. And I'll, I'll come up with all these reasons. And I'm, I stand in my own way every time. We all do. Allowing ourselves to be reborn from the ashes is how we continue to repeat the cycles of life in the way that they're supposed to meaning that the transitions become easier when we learn to flow the process of alchemy is all about allowing ourselves to transform to create new programs create new rituals create new cycles my ritual is telling myself you will live a longer and healthier life if you get up and dedicate just 45 minutes to an hour of moving your body strengthening your body there's so many things you say you want to do how are you going to do it in the shape you are now that doesn't mean you're a bad person it doesn't mean you're stupid it doesn't mean you're weak it means it's time for you to get stronger and there's nothing wrong with working on yourself to getting stronger. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I recommend anyone who is trying to introduce themselves to a new version of themselves, start putting rituals in that you believe that you would do if you were already this person. And there would really be no difference other than one day you'll wake up and say, oh, I look a, a little different because you finally convinced yourself that you are no longer that person. For some people, it's not enough just to look in the mirror. It's not enough to just look out in the driveway and say, I don't see the car I want. I don't see the house I want. Well, I don't look how I want. I don't see my boyfriend yet. I don't see my future husband yet. Allowing your mind to chemically recreate what you think you want into what you actually want is an amazing scientific process. And I don't think anybody should knock it. So we have discussed so much today. I wanted to walk you all through the alchemical process because thinking about the way anything forms into the material realm is always really cool because it allows you to kind of immerse yourself in the story and not just look at it as a passerby. You can see, hey, I am a part of this. This is a part of me. I am not separate. This is the Fibonacci sequence. This is all about the constant cycles of life the equal balance and harmony of this life, the afterlife, and what we are here to do every day. So, these secrets are really not so secret, but then they are until we start sharing them with each other regularly. And I've been blessed enough to have many teachers in my life who have taught me this process, and now it's time for them to hand over the baton to me so that I can teach and continue the process. So, we keep bringing each other through to the next segment of our own lives. 
So as we conclude today's episode, please remember that the hidden wisdom that we shared today is not a relic of the past. It is a living, breathing source of knowledge that can guide us towards a more fulfilling and more transformative life. I hope that you found so much inspiration in today's story. Make sure you follow me at Taylor A. Valera or Taylor Transformations, where I promote my coaching services, which is now open. I just launched last week. So yay me. And then also um, see my workout videos. I'm setting new fitness goals for myself because they're scary. I love a challenge. I love doing something just because it's scary. And I have receipts for this. I've jumped out of a plane before. I've traveled. I have tried millions of new things and I still have a million more to go. So thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Tailored Healing Collective podcast. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe, leave a comment. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I truly appreciate your support and look forward to sharing my journey with you and the journey of many others. So until next time, let love lead the way. Visualize my desires 